You are listening to the Alouette's Flight Deck, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. All right, folks, we've been clear for takeoff. Welcome to the Alex Flight Deck, podcast dedicated to Montreal's football, presented by Sport Buff. I'm your host, Tim Capper. I love a cliffy day. Well, we uh, we we got a game this week, <laughs> unlike the one pre- previously. Um, we, we, you know, we're lucky that you know if we had to pay for the ups and downs. That we had. It was almost like seeing a therapist. You know, good thing we didn't have to pay for it because, you know, we might have been broke for what occurred <laughs> versus the Tiger Cats this past week. Do you agree? Ooh. Oh my. You talk you talk about a roller coaster of emotions. That was it. I mean, you you had the thrilling highs, the dizzying lows, uh you probably wanted to throw up when it was all said and done. Uh, I, I mean, my goodness, what 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 a game! What I, a game! You know what? It kind of reminds me which which is more worth the money: this for free, or going to Larone and having to pay for Larone and getting the exact same experience almost. Well, I mean, Larone's fun, but uh, I mean, if you can get this the, the exact same feeling of excitement and nausea and all that jazz for free, I'd say go with the free option. <laughs> it sounds a little masochistic to want to pay for something like that. But. Well, well, think about it, dude. People go, you know, either to LaRone or they go to Six Flags or they go to Disney and they pay a lot more money to have the same experience, you know, to go on, what, Thunder Mountain or... Or I'm trying to think of some of the other names of the, of the rides there that they have at Disneyland and Disney World. Um, oh gosh, uh, well the Space Mountain, I think. Yeah, is Space Mountain. I think it's yeah, Space Mountain. Yeah, that's another one. You know, so I, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I guess we got the better deal. <laughs> I think so. And are I even going to see if you wouldn't if you went to go see the game live too? I mean, even a, a ticket to the game would probably be a little bit cheaper than going to Disneyland or Disney World, and you'd get that same. You know, thrill ride experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. But watch, watching it on TV, I mean, you you still got you still got all of that. Like, if nothing else, the Montreal Alouettes have shown that they can give you your money's worth as far as entertainment goes. Even when you don't pay any money, they'll give you your money's worth when it comes to pure entertainment value. True, and and in our case, this week we could have had it had play by play done in uh, in obviously not say three different languages but by three different teams actually technically four different teams you count french radio but you know i know you're watching on rds i was what i ended up watching on tsn and just a little bit after they figured the stuff out which is another one of the topics i'm going to bring up after they were able to figure out the whole originally which was a huge cluster for for tsn 690 you know we were we were able to hear uh you know, Marco and then Sean Campbell do their do their thing. So on the radio. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess so. I mean, you wouldn't get more than one language technically unless you go to the new Ratatouille ride over at Epcot. Because I, 
they speak a little bit of French in that one. And I don't know. Do okay. they speak French at the Canadian Pavilion at Epcot? Do you know? It's been so long since I've been there. I don't remember. Likewise, uh, if, if there's any Disney nerds out there that can fill us in on that, that please please do so. You know how to reach us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, yes, sure, they speak Wookiee and whatever they speak over in Batu, over at Star Wars Land. So, <laughs> <laughs> What about It's a Small World After All? Don't they have like a do different languages there, too? I don't know if it still exists. You know, these guys that I keep watching on, on YouTube who, who are, I guess, do I dare call them Walt Disney influencers? Um, so many things have changed as of late, you know, because of today's world, they're changing things with the, uh, with different rides and stuff like that to get rid of things that aren't so kosher these days and stuff like that. And I don't know if the small world is still there. I mean, Epcot's changed so much too, since I've been there and I haven't been there in, in decades. It's kind of yeah, like, Las, it's kind of, it's kind of like Las Vegas if you think about it. You know, if you go one year, if you go five years later, it's very possible that your resort that you stayed at doesn't exist anymore, and there's another one in its place. This is true. This is true. I can I can confirm this. So, <laughs> yeah, as can I, as can I. So it's like I want to stay at. No, it doesn't exist anymore. But you know, yeah, maybe it doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> I, hell, you, you can't even go see the uh, where, where the Las Vegas Posse practiced their uh, or had their training camp because. I think that now has been demolished and turned to another resort. So, well, hell, they, UNLV doesn't even play at their at their old stadium anymore over at Sam Boyd. I don't think that exists because they now play at the at, at Alliance Stadium. You mean Allegiant Stadium? Elite, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Same difference. <laughs> whatever. Um, but yeah, wow, we're really getting off topic. But who cares? I mean, it's it's it's. As I said it's just a, it's just about the 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 whole overall experience itself. That not only you know Tiger Cat fans, but Alouette fans were uh, were treated to this week because you know everybody's been t- we've seen some great games this year, but I, I you know I may be a little biased because we won. I may have said it anyways if that was the case, but this game gave us gave us everything things we didn't expect. I mean, it was like a, it was like a show on Disney Plus. You, you know, you get a couple of a couple of you know, the first three quarters right were like episodes of a series. It ends in a cliffhanger, and then you get to the final episode, and it's like you know, the first episode of the next season. I was like, well, wait a minute, what the hell's going on? That was the fourth quarter in overtime in itself. So mm-hmm. it was crazy. I mean, I I still think that that would probably be one of the best games of the year. I think when it's all said and done, like I, as we look back on the 2021 season, yeah, we're going to look back at this game as potentially the turning point for the Montreal Alouettes. And if not, then at least we can look back and say, holy crap, that was one heck of a game. I mean, that that really just ran the gamut of just started off so slow, plodded along for the better part of three quarters. Mm-hmm. And then once the fourth quarter kicked in, like that's when everything just went into hyperdrive. And like at that point, you, you you strap on a helmet, you buckle up because you're on for a wild ride. So, I mean, this this whole uh, amusement park theme motif that we seem to be going with, uh, it definitely applies to this game 100%. Oh, for because sure. For sure. that's really what this really was, was just... It was a it was a thrill ride. Let's put it. There's there's no other way to put it. It was a thrill ride for everybody involved. That's right, and it didn't matter. And you, no matter who was watching the game, you didn't have to worry about, you know, coming up to the uh, you have to be this high rule in order to watch it. So, 
Um, 23-20 was the final in overtime. Uh, the Alouettes come back from 14 down to, I'll, I'll say stun the Hamilton Tiger Cats, but Hamilton has shown signs of greatness this year, and they've shined, uh, shown signs of just being mediocre. And mm-hmm. you know what's funny? I'd have to go back and check because it's happened quite a bit this year when it comes to you know the rotating carousel that is quarterbacks this year in the CFL. What was it the right idea for Day? Uh, was it Dane Evans? Wasn't Dane Evans? Uh, Jeremiah Mazzoli to come back? You know. Mm-hmm. But mind you, we're seeing what's happening in Ottawa tonight. You know, as we're taping, Ottawa's just getting clobbered. So. I, I don't know. I mean, was it a matter of, what do you think it was? It just a matter of, of momentum for this game? Because if you, you got to admit after Hamilton kicked that field goal, 55 yard field goal, the tie it at the buzzer into the wind, no less. I'm going to, I'm going to question that. Okay. I'm going to question that a little bit. Okay, go ahead. I'm going to question that because yes, the first two, the two kicks before, one by Hamilton, one by one by Montreal. Yes, they were into the wind, and you can tell they were into the wind. And I watched the replay, thinking about that exact same thing, and I was watching the flags at the top of the goalposts. Mm-hmm. There was nothing. In my opinion, there wasn't as much as there was for those first two kicks. Because everybody, by, by the way, somebody brought this up on social media. Everybody remembers what happened in Guelph for the Alouettes in the playoffs. Couple, oh, gosh. A couple yes. years back. Everybody remembers that kick. But yeah, it's, I don't, to me, I understand it was said that way. To me, I don't think it was as much of a factor as I think it was. Maybe right at the end, by because I just think he just barely made it. It's not that the ball was was held up like it was for the. I think it was for the first field goal try by Hamilton, which you could tell. I think the one for the Alouettes was pushed by the wind. <clears throat> this one wasn't the same. It wasn't the same because I remember. You look at what happened in the second half. Remember, thing the, the Montreal won the toss, right? Mm-hmm. We deferred, right? But then we pushed our defer so we so in the second half because of that issue. Yes, with the, with the wind, yep. so we would get the fourth quarter. The wind with is the back. Wind, with the wind, right? And I don't know how many people who watch the game notice that change. Because I guess maybe people, I don't know how many people know that that could be the actual, you could give up the ball in the second half if you if you have the ball, if you won the, you know, the, the, the toss and you deferred, mm-hmm. if you can make that change. I'm curious exactly. how many, how many of you fans out there thought that immediately when you saw that, or you're, or you're left wondering why the Owls weren't getting the ball to start the second <laughs> half. Right. Well, and that's part of the gamesmanship. That's part of the the strategy, if you will, the chess uh, the chess match mm-hmm. between coaches. That, and again, 
obviously Kahari and, and his crew, they've they've spent enough time at Tim Hortons Field to know that wind can be a major factor in, in this. So to me, they did everything the right way. So, I mean, and in theory, asking a rookie kicker to go and drain a 55-yard field goal going into the wind, that's a pretty tall task. Like in, in, in theory, that should have been like, okay, this no way no way he yeah. does this sure enough though like literally by the, the by the skin of his nose he makes that field goal like oh, I know, oh my right? god yeah. and shades so of the one in the nfl a few weeks back oh you mean like the the, the 49ers packers game that i had to watch where you, you left 37 seconds on the clock for aaron Rodgers to come and carve you up like a surgeon yeah. Uh, no. 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 The the one where the where the ball was that the one was that oh. the one that that where the ball went off the off the upright off the uh, off the crossbar and in. No. No. That, that was another one, right? Yeah. That's not. That was another game. I mean, yeah. it's still like that was. It's still incredible when that happens too, but. Yeah. But anyway, we're we're yeah. But I yeah I I I, I it's. The game had everything, dude. I mean, it really did. And st- the storyline for this game alone would make a good book. Just this one game alone would, oh, make, absolutely. A, would make a good book. Yeah. Because I'm sure. Now, to to preface this, if you, if you didn't see the highlights, everybody knows that Vernon Adams... Uh, how would you describe... I think he he got his foot stepped on. That's how I would describe it. I don't think it got rolled. It, I think he got his foot stepped on, and then I, I think it, it, I think it was a bit of both. I think it was kind of stepped on as he again being who he is, being the mobile quarterback. He was mm-hmm. trying to you know juke and jive like uh-huh. he normally does, and I think it was just if he zigged instead of zagged, he probably would have avoided it. But I think it was just a, a matter of both. It was just he planted his foot trying to go the other way, and Julian Hauser, I think his name is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, that's what it was. He kind of came in with his foot and just almost looked like a trip, but not quite a trip. It no, just, it, it looked like he, I thought he actually stepped on his foot though. Yeah. So that's it. Like he, his clique just kind of caught Vernon's and just like I say, it was just a, a series of unfortunate events. And next thing you know, he's on the ground wincing in pain. Like, Oh God. Well, like, you just, you, do you see him grab for it almost, uh, almost immediately? Yep, yep. Yeah, I did too. I said, Oh crap. And immediately you're thinking the worst. You're thinking Achilles. You're thinking, ankle like high ankle sprain uh, I mean, any number of things that basically are, are like you know poison for a mobile quarterback and like just right there like you're thinking oh my god like <laughs> this team lives and dies by vernon adams and now he's on the floor writhing in pain right oh and by uh, the way quick side note did you happen to notice after before and when he came back in he almost showed no signs of having a rib injury none no. Absolutely none. No, if there's any problems with his throwing motion, he, he hid them extremely well because well, either that or he, he must have had another flak jacket on. But, Something, uh, man. But from there, you know, it was, they retaped it. They put a, it looked like they put a high brace on it and, and then taped it. Um, Not right away, though, because no. uh, let's not forget, he was actually ruled out of the game. Well, no, no, that's what I meant. No, that's what I meant because they, I was going, I was going to go to that. They tried okay. to do that, and then they ruled him out of the game. The Alouettes even put something on, on social media. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, uh, 
you know, even Matthew Shinetti said as such too. Yep. So, and, and, and to be honest, for the rest of the first half, I will admit, he didn't look, you know, Matthew Schultz did not look that good in Ottawa a few weeks back in the short span that he was in, in the game. Schultz looked good. I he think did. he looked very bold. I mean, the passes, they were crisp. They were tight. They they were going. How about that little pump fake he did on that oh, incredible bomb to Quan Bray? Yeah. Holy cow. Like that, that was poise. Like that's a veteran poise exactly, right there. Exactly. Exactly. For I mean, mean, everybody bit on it too. Yeah. Beautiful. And, and he hasn't got, and we know he hasn't gotten that many reps, but still, I mean, I think he looked good. He really looked good. And it made me feel better. It made me feel better with Vernon out of the game. It made me it made me feel good mm-hmm. that we that I think that we had ha- we had a chance to to you know to come back. I mean, it was only six three at halftime. It was six three. I mean, like both offenses played like garbage. Quite frankly, I mean, with Schultz's performance aside, like I'm not blaming him necessarily, but also too the receivers just were still having a hard time connecting with things, and Stanback just couldn't get going right away in the first half, but uh, Hamilton wasn't doing a whole lot either. Like, I mean, it was really, it really was like people talk about the, you know, defensive battle and I guess you could sort of frame it as that, but I mean, it was just a meh kind of first half of football for Mm -hmm. both teams really. But yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. Once uh, Schultz got into the game, like, you know, he he wasn't perfect, obviously like he got sacked. He got, uh, he got rattled a little little bit, but I mean, he didn't make any mistakes. He didn't make any dumb decisions. Like he, he, did what he had to do. I mean, it was, you know, I would say like, okay, if the, if there's ever a game where you needed a bus driver, and I'm not calling Matthew Schultz a bus driver, just to make it clear, like, but you need someone to manage the game, and he could do that. Like, the way that Hamilton was playing that first half of football, Schultz could come in and manage the game, and once he went, once he found his groove, you know, he just kind of like flipping the switch. Like, he, I think he would have turned it on, and you saw that in that pass to Quan Bray, like. He's got the ability to connect on a deep ball with somebody. It's just a matter of you got to be able, you got to uncork it. And I think he finally had the opportunity to do that. And my goodness, that was a thing of beauty. Like that, that to me also gave me hope. Like, okay, you know what? If leave him in there, okay, it sucks not having Vernon in there. But you know, Matt's not going to make any stupid mistakes. He's not going to take any huge risks either. And I, I know no risk, no reward. But at right. the same time, this is the kind of game where slow and steady just might win the race. At least that was the impression I was getting for that throughout the entire first half. And lo and behold, yeah, the, the first half ends six to three. Like, okay, not exciting, but once these, these, once these guys have a chance to feel them, feel each other out a little bit more, especially considering Schultz just was thrown into the, into the match. Let's see what he can do in the second half. I, I was really curious to see what he could do. I was really looking forward to seeing what he'd been able to do. He'd be able to do. Yeah. I mean, Schultz, he ended up, his time, uh, short time, you know, surprised us. You know, he was four of seven for 108 yards. His longest was that 68-yard pass. Um, yeah, and then, then the uh, something happened. Shinetti is interviewing Coach Kahari at halftime, or right before they're coming out, and we hear Vernon's going to go. Hmm. Now, before we, you know, second half aside, after we, after we, what we know the outcome, 
What was your first thought when you heard this? Why? Yeah. Like, like to me, it, it, there was just too many, too much risk involved as far as I was concerned. Like, if again, Vernon Adams is a mobile quarterback. He relies on that escapability. He relies on being able to move the chains with his feet, in addition to moving the ball in the air. Like, you kind of need a good ankle to do that. And if his ankle's not a hundred percent, why risk it? Why risk him going out there and making things worse? Mm-hmm. To me, that that was just like reckless. It felt reckless to me. And it's not like Matthew Schultz was stinking up the joint. Exactly. He wasn't lighting it up necessarily, but maybe give him a chance and he could have. But he was doing fine. He was keeping their their heads above water. I'm like, okay, that's good. I mean, like I said, you're only down by three points going into the half or starting the second half. Let's see what the kid can do. Let's let's give you know, give him the chance to show what he can do. You know, don't you don't have to. This is the beauty thing. You don't have to rush Vernon Adams back into the action. Exactly. Exactly. And so for the, for them to do that. At, at that moment, I thought, why? Like, it, it it defies logic as far as I'm concerned. Like, why go out, have him go out there, not be the mobile quarterback he can be, make, God forbid he starts making mistakes, start doing the, 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 the stuff that we don't like out of Vernon. Why would you put yourself through that? Well, and, and we saw everything too. If you remember one of the shots that they showed of Vernon Adams when he was in the background when Schultz was there in the first half, um... Who who backed into him? Um, Andre Bolduc. Yeah, Andre. Yeah, Andre Bolduc backed into him, and you saw. You see, Vernon wins. Yeah. So I'm like, <laughs> like, what type? What type of healing juice did they get? Uh, that's the best way I can put it. What type of healing ointment did they did they give Vernon besides rewrapping his rewrapping his his foot? Because yeah, Vernon in the second that, yeah. half was was the Vernon Adams that we saw in the you know for the first couple of plays before he went out. Mm-hmm. I was like, what? And and then that one running play where he zigzag stopped on a dime and made some uh, Tiger Cats players miss him. Oh I yeah, like, I was like, what? He, uh, ironic. We thought he'd broken his ankle, but he ends up breaking their ankles. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> I'm sitting there like, wow, not bad for a guy with a bum ankle. Holy cow. Okay. I, I thought the same thing you did. To me, I was like, okay, don't risk this. We're still in the we were still in the game. Don't risk it. it but And I can't I, I can't emphasize this enough. It's not like Schultz was making any mistakes. Like he wasn't throwing, you know, errant throws into double coverage or anything like that and getting picked off. Like he was he was managing the game, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. In that instance, that was fine. It's not, and again, it wasn't like a lopsided score or anything like that. It wasn't. There wasn't any, I think, sense of urgency unless it came from Vernon himself as to I gotta get back in this game. I gotta get back in this game, yeah. and just badgering the coaches to let him back on. Which may have, ha- which it's possible may have happened at halftime. Very possible, but to me, like at that point, like you, you kind of looked like this is our star player. This is our our, our bread and butter, our meal ticket. We, we, to me, like, I just don't see how you go out and risk that. But I mean, you know, hindsight is 2020. You know, it looks like, you know, it was a master. Oh, no kidding. I, I mean, sure enough, you know, I, I, once again, but, we, get, we get an interception from Vernon in the third quarter, which I think we were driving again, which, which <laughs> yeah, we were, 
which that ball should not be, should not have been thrown. Not even a little, because he was. If I didn't know better, I swear he was throwing it right at that Ticats defender. <laughs> yeah, because he was the only one out there. Yeah, like you way overthrew everybody, and like Vernon, like we we've talked about how he doesn't make his reads. Like that was definitely not. I don't know what the hell he saw out there. Who and then the and, one, yeah, and then the one in the fourth. Yeah, late, like late in the fourth too, as the Alouettes are driving to try and tie this game or or go ahead. Like it was, oh. <laughs> Again, just th- these are the back break- breaking throws that we see from Vernon Adams. Yes. And that's where you get frustrated. This is where people start doubting him. And at that point, too, like if 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 that was ended up being the, the 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 end of the game at that point or the pretty much, you know, the last Alouette's chance of scoring. You know, we it, this would be a whole different story. This would be a whole different podcast. I mean, everything oh, would sure. just be. And and and, and then. <laughs> Stuff happened. I mean, yes, we get down by, you know, Hamilton goes up by, you know, scores 11 more, goes up by 14, heading into the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Vernon's been looking so-so, but, you know, the, the, again, the picks and every, the pick and everything in the third quarter really didn't help. Mm. You know, Stanbeck has, has, wasn't really kept in check as he was the first time around. I mean, he still didn't get break 100 to extend his streak. Mm-hmm. Um, But... Man, something, something happened in that fourth quarter. You know, shades of the game in Calgary, shades of the game versus Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. You know, more, more so. I think more so Winnipeg than, than Calgary, really. But still, now we're talking about twenty nineteen. Yes, twenty nineteen. Yes. Yes. Yeah. that that fourth quarter, man. Yeah. I mean, what the Alouettes did to Hamilton is it is it footage that teams need to look at going forward because it, Hamilton just Jeremiah Mazzoli was not. I mean, he was getting getting sacked again, you know. It's sure he only missed ten passes on the game, and he was twenty three to thirty three for two hundred twenty three yards. But he didn't, no picks and but no interceptions. Mm-hmm. And the, and the rushing game was pretty much garbage for Hamilton too. Yeah, I, I, and also too Brandon Banks who had come back from injury. Uh-huh. He was a, Braylon he was Anderson a ghost. was their biggest name in the first half. Yep. And then just some really. I mean, 73 yards for the game, but, you know. Mm-hmm. Is it, it, do you think it's something that, that teams need to look at going forward? That footage, that footage from the fourth quarter for Hamilton? Oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah. I mean, like, if you want to learn how to beat Hamilton, like, that's, that's the way to do it. Uh, I mean, and that's the thing. It was just methodical. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, the, it was just, like I said, I said earlier, slow and steady wins the race. And that's kind of how it was. Like there was no sense of urgency, even though like you could tell that Vernon was just trying to prove that, okay, I'm not hurt. I'm not hurt. Yeah. And once he found Jake Winecki for that touchdown, which again, thing of beauty. <laughs> that was the t- then speaking of passes, that was a thing of beauty too. <sighs> that's the I mean, Vernon we know. Yep. And it was at that moment, like, like all hope was lost. Like the team was down by, by 14 Scores and okay, now we got a ball game. Now we're back in business. Now it's just a matter of defense has to step up, Which and they did. they did. Oh god, big time. Yeah, w- Woody Barron. Oh my, he uh, 
he made stuff happen. Both he and uh, Nick Usher, who mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people were labeling as a free agent bust, uh, they uh, they made stuff happen. But the guy that really truly made stuff happen this past Saturday, Chris Ackie. Yep. Oh boy, he, he he was all over the place. He was on. Fi- he played like his hair was on fire. Uh, forcing fumbles uh, in re- not just in overtime, but in regulation as well. I, he was just a force to be reckoned with. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he played, as far as I'm concerned, he played an outstanding football game. Like He was the reason why Montreal was able to come back and briefly take the lead before that uh, that last second field goal by Hamilton. Um, Got to mention for VA, by the way, 17-26, 209 yards, two interceptions, two touchdowns. Okay, stats. You know, I mean, VA still had 18 yards rushing. That one, I think that the one that where he was juking everybody, I think it was only for seven yards, but still. But still, you 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 saw what what he's capable. Of. You saw the kind of quarterback that he is, and that's why, like, I just couldn't believe that you know, not even like an hour ago he was yeah. writhing in pain or yeah. you know troubled or felled by this ankle. And now he's out there doing moves like that and just, you know, making defenders look foolish. Like, wow. Like, that's some magical heel. He must have that Michael Riley uh, magic powers. <laughs> Something, man. Something. Uh, talk <laughs> about Jake Winnegy. He, he had uh, uh, four receptions on seven targets for 71 yards and the one touchdown. Uh, Quan Bray, uh, three, tar- uh, three receptions on five targets, uh, 89 yards. Uh uh, Stanbeck had 24 and four receptions. BJ Cunningham, I think he was kind of, kind of the 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 one wide receiver that was kind of the forgotten one in a way. But he made his plays when he needed to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think he more, I, I think he more than made up for the uh, the fumble that he had against Toronto. Yeah, because he played he played a solid game, BJ, as we expect out of him. Like you said, he kind of was. The forgotten man a little bit, but when he made the, the the clutch catches that he made were just made at the right time just to move the chains, and he, he was there when his quarterback needed him. Yeah, uh, he had forty four yards on three receptions, and then, and then, and then, which the man seems to be channeling. He, I made the comment last week. Again, he seems to be channeling his dad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Gene uh, Gino Lewis, man. Six receptions, nine targets, 82 yards. He was that last drive, really, for the go-ahead touchdown. Yeah, I'll even go so far as to say, like, when it comes, when the time comes to start nominating most outstanding players, I think this is going to be his submission for, this game is going to be his submission for, to become the Alouette's most outstanding player mm-hmm. nominee. Because he he was just, phenomenal yeah absolutely clutch he's been clutch all season Were but you? this game but this game was like a holy cow like this was just remarkable what he came up with when the alouettes were down like truly the chips were down and they needed a miracle he came through not once but twice yeah and that, with an absolutely clutch clutch <laughs> performance the, the catch on i know we say it looked easy but the the catch on third down was clutch the first one, yeah. Uh, huh? Both those catches were on yeah, third yeah, down. Yeah, the first one. And then the yeah. second one, which third and 20, <laughs> you know, Vernon gets sacked. 
By the way, on a great you, you come on, you got him in. That's the sack and the coverage by the defense for Hamilton was was phenomenal and and horrible. You know they they did the uh, they did the the delayed blitz perfectly. Yep, perfectly. And and Tunde Adelike, he he had nothing but open space in front of Vernon, mm-hmm. like and he just he, he he ran a train on him. It was yeah. You almost can't be mad, but you're like, oh god, like yeah. just. Where was what? What happened? Like, what, how do you leave your quarterback like that? Well, oh, when, when no. we get to talk, we'll talk about the injuries here in a, uh, after we finish. You know, into the next. I guess we'll after we do a, a quick quote unquote commercial break, and then we'll talk about the injuries because it, it it played a huge part in it too. But but what were your thoughts on that Geno touchdown? Because you know, third and twenty, you, you knew they had to score. Obviously, it was just mind blowing and the way that the original camera angle was, you really did not know who the hell that ball was going to. You really didn't. It was a WTF moment for sure. Not only on the pass play itself and then the touchdown by Gino. It was nuts. And it's, and it's funny. It was third and 20. So, I mean, yeah, you only need 20 yards just to get a first down to keep keep the drive alive but yeah. vernon was clearly thinking enzo like this is this is the game right here like for sure it's no guts no glory kind of thing like, yeah. and he he rifled it and they talk about having faith in your receivers i mean again having faith in eugene lewis is a given quite frankly mm-hmm. but once again throwing into double coverage mind you but somehow some way like <laughs> wasn't I, it I more than at, double coverage <laughs> felt like it was quintuple coverage. It was something down there. And as I said, you couldn't tell who the ball was supposed to go to originally because there were two Al's receivers down there. Yep. And somehow, some way, Eugene Lewis came up with it in the end zone. Like just, and I think you could have heard a pin drop at Tim Hortons Field because I think everybody was just like, what the hell did I just see? Like Whether you're an Al's fan or a Tiger Cats fan, you're just like, WTF. Like, did that just happen? Yeah. Like, Really? And and what was what was great of and the way the way it's the way TV is these days is that because of how you know TSN and RDS sets up the the uh, the, the uh, what is it the the noise catchers I don't know what the hell they're called I know you know what I'm talking about it, it's those it's the um, they look like half a circle or or, or a half a half yeah, of an I, oval and they I know what you're talking about. Okay. I, I don't remember the technical. Yeah, I don't either. It, but. but you could hear, you heard when that was when you that was caught. You could hear the Alouette sideline just erupt. Oh yeah, I mean, like people. Well, I'm, I'm even myself. It's like cheering on, watching on TV. I oh, was me too. Screaming like a loon, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> I again, it was just was. Are, are you effing kidding me? Like, did that really just happen? It was again. It was shades of the of the Win- You know what? Shades of the Winnipeg game. Yeah, in 2019. Yeah, instead of Jake Winecki catching the ball with nine seconds left on the clock, it was Gino Lewis catching the ball with what was it, twenty nine seconds left Something on the clock? Like that, yeah. I I mean, like, and again, Alouettes go up by three, like, and it's it's still not over. The game is still not over. It's just like you're excited, but like, oh shoot, like they twenty nine the sec- twenty nine seconds on the clock. Yeah, like Hamilton again in the CFL, like the clock stops on every first down or you get out of bounds and stop the clock and give Jeremiah Masoli credit. He worked the clock. Oh, did he? I know extremely well, 
But you know what? To, to be fair, too, the Owls were really playing prevent. I, and I think they were just a tad too much off the ball. Yeah, just, I, I mean, again, you... At that again, with 29 seconds left of the clock, you, you kind of have to play prevent, but at the same time, it's like, oh, you're you're giving them too much too much opportunity. I'm like, okay, it was at midfield. I'm like, no way, they uh, they yeah. have they have to go for the, the the hail mary. There's no way they're gonna let their rookie kicker try to make a 50 plus yard field goal into the wind. Like to me, I'm like it's not happening. And then sure enough, they trot him out there. I'm like, oh, you, okay, fine. Mm-hmm. But let's see what happens. And then sure enough, you watch the ball. I'm like. Oh no! Yeah, and then and, and like, then they go into overtime. Uh, Hamilton gets the ball first. Fumble. I mean, blatant fumble. Everything. You know, it was the second. Oh. Was it the second? Uh, that the second one? You know, Thomas Irvin Sean- got away with the one on the touchdown earlier, which yeah. I don't see how nobody. You, you look at those things and you don't think how the Owls didn't jump on that. But this yeah. one. This, this was, was just a, a muff. This was a, just a muff. Yeah, he they, they they both whiffed on that one. And as I said, Chris Aki, Johnny on the spot, presence of mind to scoop it up. I'm like, oh my god, this is gonna, it's over, game's over. Yeah, like like if you're a Tigers fan, you just got you, you had to be beside yourself. I mean, you you went through all this hell just to get into overtime, and to not even be able to have a chance to score any points because you're 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 running back just muffed a, an easy handoff. I mean, it happened the game. I remember again, the first one I, he, he lost, he, you know, he was lucky. He was near the end zone. He just lost it. It went off of him and into the end zone. He's able to jump on it. This one was a slightly different. This one just looked like it was dropped. Yeah. There was a, there was a disconnect for sure between, uh, Masoli and Thomas Erlington. Yeah. But, but Hey, it, 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 how it just came down and David Cote kicked the field goal, 36 yards. I think the, the Owls really didn't do anything on their drive. No, so, they just, it was just a matter of don't, don't screw it up. Just, you know, keep it down the middle and let uh, Cote do his thing and give him credit. Like for a rookie kicker that like, that was easily the biggest kick he had to make in his life. And he nailed it. Yeah. I mean, like a 36 yard field goal doesn't sound like much, but, uh, and you know he he did miss one earlier at four, like forty two yards, but uh, that was yeah wind blown as we talked about earlier well, in the show. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, like you know nobody expects perfection out of the guy, but I mean you think about the fact that you know his first year playing in the CFL, and like this was a pivotal moment, and he's he stepped up to the plate and he made it work. I mean he 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 did what he had to do. I mean they, the the Alwets made it certainly made it easy for him. You know, like, yeah for sure. And I just looked at now because I'm looking at the stats. Uh, Artis Payne was the one who took both of. And this goes to our our uh, injury report. Mm-hmm. Artis Payne did both those runs in overtime. Yep, which is good because I mean, it get, gets him the reps as well. It gets him gets his feet wet because I, I believe this was his first game, uh, like first time suiting up for the Alouettes as uh, as a running back. Yeah. So, so yeah, Al's Al's with the win. The, yeah, improved, the heart-stopping, yeah, gut-wrenching win, but Imp- a improved, win is a win. Yeah, improved to three and four in the season. Uh, break Hamilton's crazy eleven-game home winning streak. Fun fact: Do you know who the last team was to beat 
the Hamilton Tiger Cats at Tim Hortons Field? It was the Owls. It was the Owls. In between, in between the Owls losing and then they, because which they did in twenty, uh, you know, in twenty nineteen also. Right. But, but yeah, it was the Owls. That's it. So, um, I, yeah, great, crazy game, a, great ending. Whew, something to build, I mean, something to build on. So, yeah. No, and and I, and I said too, like the, the Alouettes had to like. The, the two games they played in Ontario before coming home for Thanksgiving, they had to get at least one win. Uh-huh. We, we, I think we thought it was going to be against Toronto and then lose against Hamilton yeah, because, I, yeah, again, I Hamilton did. had lost for so long there. But, I mean, listen, you got one of the – if they came back two and five, I mean, I, God only knows what would have what would have been like on, on Thanksgiving Day. But uh, – and, again, it's not like the, the Red Blacks are the, the automatic victory we've been talking about because they've – They've been making moves and trying to improve things as well. So, I mean, you, you can't look at the, any game against them as a gimme necessarily anymore. I mean, that's just... You really can't. Thing. Yeah, we've, we've seen people try, teams try to do that. Alves, the, I, I mentioned that a couple of weeks ago. Alves have mm-hmm. done that versus the uh, Red Blacks before, too, and been surprised. But Exactly. Um, yeah. Um, we, we are on social media. Don't forget that. Uh, m- multiple places where you can find us. If you're looking to check out any of the archive for the uh, past six years... For the Alouette's Flight Deck, you can do so over at uh, www.alouettesflightdeck.ca. Uh, you can check us out over on uh, Twitter. Uh, that's at Alouette's FL Deck. Uh, Instagram. Uh, on Facebook. Uh, when it's up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, same with Instagram. Um, and uh, also on YouTube, which we're getting there. We need your help. We need you guys to, to to like our page, do a search for Alouette's Flight Deck. We need to get to 100 followers so we can get a, uh, so we can actually able to use a, a custom URL. And again, we're going to promote. Once we get there, we are going to have a giveaway. So, uh, And not just any giveaway, folks. I mean, I think this is a pretty sweet prize that we've got in mind. So... Give us the likes. Give us, the, you know, make sure you're subscribed to the the flight deck on on YouTube. You know, help us get to 100 followers. And I tell you what, the the prize that we've, we're going to give away to one lucky person, it, it's pretty freaking sweet. Yeah. So, like I said, jump on YouTube. Just search. Just do a keyword search of Alouette's flight deck. You'll find the episodes that we have up there already. As I said, subscribe to the channel. Throw us some likes. Throw us some good comments. Throw some bad comments if you want, but you know, like and subscribe at least if you can. That'd be so appreciated. And let, let's get to a hundred subscribers if we can. Yep. Uh, also, we are on. You know, check out any of the podcast platforms that are out there. Do a search for the Alouette's Flight Deck, and you'll find us. Uh, some of the big ones, obviously, are Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, um, the Spotify, Our Heart Radio. Um, I forget any of the big names. Did I forget any? Uh, Stitcher, which oh, yeah, uh, Stitcher, yep, Stitcher too. Yeah, I mean, like, there's pretty much anywhere you can find a podcast, folks, you'll more likely find Yellow It's Flight Deck. Yeah. So, however you want to listen to podcasts, come find us, come subscribe. As I said, same idea. If you you want to throw us a like or positive feedback or anything like that, or even negative too. Like, I mean, if, if we're doing something wrong, let us know so we can fix it. So, you know, but definitely subscribe however you listen to podcasts make sure you check us out show us the love and you know we're we're here for you all that's right and also if you're following us on social media on twitter uh cliffy at cliffy d myself at uh, repact r-e-p-p-a-c-t 
Uh, don't forget our the newest seem to be the newest thing. Uh, I guess it's the uh, wow. Uh, it is the what I guess what was originally uh, TikTok the the TikTok for audio. Uh, the, what was the other one that originally started off with uh, uh, fifteen sec fifteen second clips? Oh, uh, what well, I know there was Vine back in the, the day. Vine, yeah. The, thank you. That's that's what I was thinking of. Uh, I Lily. Um, it is. Uh, it seems to be the newest thing. It's a, made by a Canadian uh, Canadian company. Um, which very interesting background where it wasn't created for sports originally. Um, but that's where it seems to be getting a lot of its uh, push recently. But yeah, check us out on our fi- our 15 second clips that Cliffy and I do, um, which are forwarded also and, and uh, liked by our account, our main account on Twitter. But check those out too. Uh, we'll try to get out some information that we would normally not do, uh, you know, on Cliff's, uh, you know, on Cliff's um, weekly blog or or what we would do on Twitter. So it's. Keep up, keep up, and and, and uh, help us, uh, you know, help us let you get, learn some things that we uh, may not put out normally on social media. So, mm-hmm. um, okay, I wanted to talk about you know in our final segment here before we get to the uh, quick preview for uh, for Turkey Day is there were some pretty significant and interesting um things that happened during the game where not only did Armando Sewell almost become <laughs> an offensive lineman. But he did actually become one. Did he? Are you sure? Yeah, yeah he, he actually went in. Did as, he? As, a, as an O-lineman. Are, okay, I, I, the reason why I'm asking that because I only saw them put him into, obviously watching him, trying to get him out of his other uniform and putting him into his <laughs> other. This one was hilarious. Oh my! I mean, they 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 make those jerseys tight. I guess yes. <laughs> they they had, literally had to peel them out of it. Because as far as I know, and again, you can correct me if I'm wrong with this one, but um, I I thought the Alouettes had somebody else go in on offense. One play was okay. Then one play, it he was uh. <laughs> He, he pretended he was um, Tim Tebow. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know where I'm going with this. Mm-hmm. Who, who was that? Damn it. <laughs> who, uh, who the hell was Who went in for him? Come on, help me out here, Cliff. Oh, gosh. Uh, uh, David Menard. David Menard, Menard yes. went in after. Wow. Uh, Tony Washington went down for a little bit. It was Tony Washington. And they had to make some major, major changes because we had some, we had some guys go down for injury, at least temporarily. And it goes into the, uh, you know, into the report here. I mean, Sean Jamison was there. Philip Gagnon went down. But I don't think Sewell actually made it in. I'm positive he was in for. I, I don't think he did. I think he was in for one play. I think it was just after they got Gagnon out. He he was in for one play because I remember they had to shift. Uh, like when they had Menard in, yeah, because we lost our center, we lost Washington, yeah. we lost. Are you sure? Anybody who happens to, I'm trying to look through the. I don't think it was showing the substitutions. That that's what I'm that's what I'm looking at right now. Mm-hmm. I 
don't no, see, he, I don't cause, see because because Rayshon had Sorry, Amondo. Amondo went from 90 to 62. Yes. With no nameplate, by the way. Only I would notice that type of thing, by the way. Yeah, it's typically the blood jersey, they call it. Oh, really? Yeah. I did not know that. Okay. Yeah, if a jersey gets too bloody, they, they have to replace it. And usually it's with a, a nondescript number and no, with no name on the back. It doesn't, it doesn't list it here. It doesn't list it here. Anyway, any, if anybody, let us know. Uh, maybe I have to reach out to, to Steve Daniel see see if see if that occurred. Oh, oh, when the last time that occurred, actually, that'd be yeah. That's, that's, that's actually yeah, something I should ask him. I mean, you see that a lot in college football because yeah, so yeah, many, yeah, yeah. there's so many substitutions and yeah, but they, like that. they 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 yeah, they got they got larger rosters. Yeah. So, anyways, you, you we we bring up the bring this up specifically because. We looked at today. Today was the first day for practice, mm-hmm. even though it's Wednesday. <laughs> well, that's what happens when you have a game on Monday is everything starts a little bit later. <laughs> so what was interesting was this. Okay. Yes, we knew about, you know, Antonio Simmons, you know, shoulder limited participation. Okay. We get that. Mm-hmm. Um, Vernon Adams foot. Okay. That's what we expected. But full participation. Again, it's like it didn't exist. The ankle injury? What ankle injury? Yeah, Sean Jameson's knee didn't participate. Philip Gagnon, lower leg, did not participate. Tony Washington, leg, limited participation. Here's the surprise. Actually, uh, Wesley Sutton, by the way, a DB, came out the sixth week, so he's limited. Mm-hmm. William Stanbeck, and that's why I made the comment before the break, ribs did not participate. Remember I was saying about Car- um, uh, Artist Payne only taking the snaps in overtime. Right. This may be why. We did not see this happen. It was never mentioned, obviously. No comment was made, because I guess it was near the end of the game. Yeah. But this, this one, this one is a surprise to me. This one is something that we need to keep, and our fans need to keep an eye on going forward. Mm-hmm. Because as we know, Stambeck is a bruiser. He's a big boy, takes those hits. I'm curious to see what happens with this. This is what I'm curious to know about. So. For sure. It's definitely something to uh, to definitely pay attention to, especially too, since Stambeck still is leading the league in rushing. Yeah. I mean, I think he obviously wants to keep... Uh, keep playing if he can so maybe this is just a precautionary measure knowing again you don't have to do anything too serious until because the game's not until next this coming monday so this could just be a preventative thing i mean ribs are very tricky too i mean i don't know if you've ever had bruised ribs or or cracked ribs but it's not fun i i, I just i've had bruised ribs and the idea of other people trying to hit me while i'm carrying a football sounds painful beyond belief uh-huh I, so I can only imagine, even even if you're wearing pads, I'm still I'm sure it's still it's still tough. So I I, I definitely see him not participating as a just more precautionary measure than anything else. And I'm hoping that's all it is is just precautionary because I mean yes we've got some very talented running backs on this team, but I mean 
this team running back wise definitely does live and die by William Stanback. I mean, again, the guys leading the league in rushing through yeah. eight games and or no, sorry, seven games. And yes, yeah. got to look. It's something to keep an eye on. Yeah, it's something to keep an eye on going forward. Um, before we talk about uh, the Ottawa matchup for Turkey Day, uh, at least mention the follow up I mentioned at the beginning of the show. You know, we we're mentioning before. I mentioned last week how the Owls, you know, because of, um, because of I, I guess scheduling conflict with I guess the, the Habs game. You know, that the game was going to be broadcast online uh, instead of on the radio at TSN six ninety. What I found was interesting, and I don't understand why. I, I, I and, and to be honest, Cliff, I don't know the reasoning behind this. I'm wondering if any any of you guys who work in radio. Especially, I guess, for Bell Networks, uh, the Bell Net, you know, radio stations that are on the Bell Network, um, and have a sister station where games are usually switched over because of, you know, I guess more or less in, in Canada because of hockey or soccer or something like that. You know, where, how this would occur, but, you know, because there seemed to be an issue with the pregame show. I don't know how much of the pregame show actually played online because when I was listening to it, Cliff, it was just all static. Hmm. Or a hum. That's all that I heard. And then I reached out. I was I reached out to uh, to Sean Campbell, hoping to catch him in you know one of the breaks. And it was finally announced on TSN. And Sean told me too is that you know the game was going to be on CJD. So they so they actually had the game on the radio, as far as I know, on the radio on CJD. So why couldn't it have, this have been done before? <laughs> I don't know the circumstances. I don't know the circumstances. So I don't know if it's a cost thing. I I, I don't know. I don't know. You know, because. Yeah, because this this has happened so many times in the past where, yeah, yeah. obviously the preference would be to go to TSN 690 because that that is Montreal's sports station. But, yes, it does happen to where there's conflicts between uh, the Owls and the Canadians or the Owls and, well, back in the day was the Impact, but now I guess it would be CF Montreal. Or the the Expos, too. Or the Expos, Absolutely. You're going way, way back for that. (laughs) (laughs) And as far as I know, I don't think they're going to be broadcasting any Tampa Bay Rays games as far as uh, Montreal playoff, you know, coverage goes. (laughs) That didn't work. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I knew you were going with things for Monday. I don't know what's happening. I think think the game's supposed to be on – it's already already been announced the game's going to be on 690. Yeah. So, but uh, you know, it, it's something that does happen to like you. If you've, uh, a radio station has a, like a sister network or a sister station that they can, you know, piggyback off of, then they'll do that, and that's normal. It's just, yeah, I don't know why they didn't just go ahead with this in the first place, other than scheduling conflict. But I'm tr- I'm tr- trying to think what could have possibly caused that conflict. I mean, other than like, I understand you want to keep your normal programming as much as possible, but given the circumstances as to, I mean. I'm sorry, even a, a preseason Montreal Canadiens game is always going to take precedent over anything yeah. when it comes to sports in Montreal. That's just the reality of the situation. Even a, a live regular season Alouettes game, then yeah, I, I don't see why you wouldn't have just right away decided, okay, well, if you, we can't have it on TSN 690, let's just put it on CJAD and be done with it. But, you know, uh, like I understand like a lot of t- people do want to go the streaming route. They, they you know, if you want to you know, listen to the game online and experience it that way. 
okay, I get that to a degree. I mean, most radio stations also have like an online media player that you can listen to, like listen to the radio, quote unquote, uh-huh. as well. Yeah. So to me, like this was a whole lot of unnecessary steps just to come back to the same place that you were before. Yeah. So it's it was baffling, but I'm glad at the end of the day, people were still able to listen to the game on the radio, whether it was on a different station or what have you, especially if the online thing wasn't working out, then you, 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 go, back, you go back to the roots, I I'm guess glad, you Yeah, say. I'm glad they did what they did, though. I really am. I'm glad they did yep. that. Um, Ottawa, uh, Thanksgiving to both. Um the so the uh, Owls have won the four last five versus the Ottawa Red Blacks. Um, the Owls are twenty and eighteen. This is crazy. Twenty and eighteen all time on Thanksgiving. Um, and they are fifteen and fifteen at home on Thanksgiving. So the tradition is back. Thankfully, I'm so glad this tradition is back. It should never have been taken away in 2019. Agreed. Absolutely agreed. It was a gross oversight by the administration at the time, and I'm glad it's been rectified. I agree. I agree with you. Um, so, that, you know, again, this should be fun. The first Thanksgiving Day game. At home since 2018. We do have a lot to make up for. The Alouettes have lost the last four. Thanksgiving Day games. At home. <laughs> and they also haven't beaten the Red Blacks at home in a while either. Uh, well, Yeah, I think the last one. The, yeah, I'd have to. I'd have to double check that. If I'm not mistaken, I think it's back in 2017 was the last time the Alouettes beat the Red Blacks in Montreal. It is very possible. You, sir. Oi, really? <laughs> Has it been that long? It, yeah. Hold on a second. I don't know what I'm looking at here. Hold on. Is this right? Is this really right? <laughs> it's really right. I mean, we've had the benefit of going to Ottawa and winning there, but when it comes to actually playing at Percival Molson Stadium against the Ottawa Red Blacks, they've had their number. We've lost seven in a row at home to Ottawa. <laughs> and you, yeah. sir, are correct. Yeah. The first year of the Red Blacks, 2014. Not in preseason. Well, no, 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 but I'm just making making it known. No, I, I hear you. Yeah. And our quarterback at that time, by the way, Jonathan Crompton, mm-hmm. head coach. It was, uh, it was Higgins. Yeah. So. It's been a while. But it is VA's second start at home versus Ottawa. So. Yeah. It's hard to believe, too, because he, Red Blacks were 3-15 and 15 in 2019, and if I'm not mistaken, was it two of those wins came against Montreal or, I don't or know. just the one? But uh, I think it was just the one. But still, still. Well, tw- tw- yeah, 2019, we only played them once at home. Okay, so yeah. So, okay. It was 2017 so one of, and 2016 where we played them twice. 
Okay, so yeah, so one of those three wins was a home loss to the the Red Blacks. Mm-hmm. But uh... <laughs> but but this is the game, you know. Aside, yes, Ottawa got got their asses handed them tonight versus Toronto. Again, I'm going to go back again, and like I said earlier in the year when we played them in Ottawa and saying it was a trap game, we got to make sure this is not a trap game. Oh, 100. The Owls may be a game and a half up. In the standings, seems so weird. But then again, the East is so weird. The whole the whole league is weird. This whole year has been weird. Man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you just have to embrace the dumb, as, yeah. as they say. So, yeah, I, I don't. Is oh yeah, there has to be a lineup because see that that's the thing. Ottawa is in the midst of a weird schedule. They're playing today, and then they're playing versus us on Monday. Yeah, and then next Saturday, not this coming Saturday, but next Saturday. Montreal goes and plays in Ottawa. Mm-hmm. So, so that's three games in the span of 10 days. Yeah. Uh, currently, the Alouettes are favored by seven points with a over-under of 50. 50 and a half. 50 and a half, actually. Mm. So, again, with the way that it currently is with the standings, the Alouettes, if they want to make any chance of having a home playoff, because currently, right now... Hamilton actually does hold the tiebreaker on points. On points, yes. And the Alouettes are currently a half a game back. So, and they have a game in hand, actually, too, which is which is a plus. Hmm. But the Owls need to get a first win at home. This is the way to do it. The Owls need to get a win at home. I think the stage is set. I think coming in with that great momentum of winning that Absolutely wild game out in Hamilton. Playing an Ottawa team that is... I I don't want to say they're as bad as what the record says it is, but unfortunately that's kind of how you have to look at it. Mm-hmm. That being said, you cannot walk in thinking it's going to be a win because every time the Elvets have done that, and I really feel like the game against Calgary, in Calgary, I think they were looking past the Stampeders because no Bo Levi Mitchell, rookie yeah. quarterback who'd never played a down in the CFL. Right. And Montreal barely lost, but they still lost. Going into Toronto, uh, no Nick Arbuckle, no Eric Rogers, no Hinoch Mwamba. Like a lot of their stars were out. It was a bunch of no-name players and McLeod Bethel-Thompson. Once again, barely lost, but they still lost. So Montreal cannot afford to be lackadaisical when it comes to this game even yeah. though it's you know the the auto red blacks and they're supposedly a dumpster fire and all that stuff but uh i definitely see a lot of positive with them that they can build upon and i think they would be hoping and praying that montreal is going to look past them that no, we can't do that because the next really ne- can't. the next three games could really make or break the east division for us because it's all against the east division two against ottawa one against toronto and then we get the West coming in for three, and before yep. we before we finish the season with Ottawa again. Mm-hmm. So these next no, three it, games, these next three games are a very important. If if the Owls, if the Owls can end up sweeping the East out of these four games, including last week's versus Hamilton, that's absolutely huge. It's massive because essentially they will have only lost twice to the uh, to the Eastern teams. And again, I mean, they that, need to get back on these tiebreakers because right now they're 0-1 versus Toronto. So, 
but yeah, again, they, we're not looking ahead. Gotta, uh, we still have a no. game to play this week versus uh, versus uh, Ottawa. Yeah, and, and the fact that they they pasted the Red Blacks fifty one twenty nine. I mean, that's a great motivational tool, I think, for for both teams really. But I think it should be a great one for the Alouettes to try and replicate that because points are going to matter. I think more than anything else, especially with how close things have been in these divisional games. I think you have to, you, it has to be all gas, no breaks. You you have to step on their throat and stay on him. Like you, you cannot afford to take anyone in this league lightly. No. Maybe the Elks, but <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately the Alouettes <laughs> don't play the Elks anymore this year. So, yeah. but I mean, like it, it's easy to look at Ottawa and, and, and get lackadaisical. I really want to believe that that's not going to happen. And I think, uh, I think Vernon saw what he was able to do. I think he was able to shut a lot of people's mouths, myself included. I wasn't being a, I, I'll say I'm not, I'll never hate on the guy. I'll criticize him. I'll, 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 I'm not afraid to call him out and say, listen, dude, you shouldn't have done that when he makes a mistake. Yeah. But he doesn't need someone rubbing in his face. And I'm, it's, that's not the point of it. No, no. And, I, and if, it's like me too, Cliff, because I'm working on something also for, for Vernon. I'm going back and checking some stats here because it says it's, it, it can be telling. It can be very frustrating for a fan. So I agree with you. I agree with you 100%. But at the end of the day, he knows what it takes to win. He's proven it time and time again. He proved it just this past Saturday. Like, what, whether you, you, you can question the method, but you can't argue with the results. Yeah. He got the win. Yeah. Should he have been playing? Debatable. Uh, that's, that's, yeah. Yeah. We, we were salty on social. I mean, so. Yeah. But you know what? He shut our mouths. And that's and that's what you have to do. You got to shut everybody's mouth, and the only way to do that is to win and persevere, and do what everybody doesn't expect you to do. And that's what Vernon Adams does. That's that's pretty much the the hallmark of his career so far in the Canadian Football League is that he finds ways to win. Yeah. He, you you can doubt him all you want, but you can't argue with the results. And he does produce. So I you know I will always have his back when it comes to things like this. It's hard to understand and even try to justify some of the things that that's happened with him, especially the negative stuff. But when he comes through, when he puts this team on his back, which he will always do every single day, he puts this team on his back and he wills them back. He, he brings them back to the fight. He may go down swing. He may go down, but he goes down swinging. And, but when he comes out on top, it's amazing. Like it is. Uh, I've said it numerous times that he is worth the price of admission alone. Just to watch him play football is incredible. It, it can be very taxing on you. I mean, there, there's times where you're like you're, you're getting heart palpitations watching this guy <laughs> with some of the things he does. And when he makes a mistake, it it sucks because he doesn't just make a little mistake. Like he makes a big mistake. Yeah. But when he does something right, he does it right. And he does it with excellent results. So you, you, you just – this is who he is. This yeah. is who he is. Love him or hate him, this is who he is. And quite frankly, no matter what, all things said and done, this is the guy you want to have on your football team. This is the guy you want leading your football team. Yep, I agree. Should be fun. Um, uh, we yeah, also- it's it, it's gonna. I, I will say though that it's gonna be a little bittersweet not having the traditional Thanksgiving tailgate mm-hmm. with the deep fried turkey and all the goodies that uh, we've been known to have before the game. But 
no matter what, I'm still happy to have the Thanksgiving Day game back. Like this really is our tradition. We don't really have a Labor Day rivalry. We don't have, you know, banjo bowls or anything like that. Like there's nothing really of that nature. So to have the Thanksgiving Day game back in Montreal where it belongs, it's such a good feeling. And I'm I'm so excited for, for Monday afternoon to be able to go to Percival Molson Stadium and watch the Alouettes play a game of football. I, I've I've been jonesing for a for an afternoon game anyways. <laughs> there you go. So, so uh, asking you shall receive. Yep. So I would imagine the outlets will be sending out some information concerning, I guess, any, you know, any game day stuff very soon. So stay tuned if you're a social, uh, if you are a season ticket holder, uh, make sure you look into your, so, uh, into your, your email and stuff like that. Um, we hope everybody has a very happy and uh, full Thanksgiving. It's a very weird Thanksgiving times two, you know, second year in a row, but Again, we do have um, we do have football, and uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be just it's gonna be fun to be around everybody once again. Um, so again, so we'll, we'll be we'll see you there. We'll be back next week. Got some a couple of things lined up. Hopefully, uh, they will come to fruition. Um, but other than that, we will be back to talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly for the Alouettes that happened all this week. So for everybody here at the Alouettes Flight Deck for Cliffy D, I'm Tim Capper. We're on final approach. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.